friends, we are in the last of a sermon series of Hebrew 101. This is our seventh word, and the word is tikva, T-I-K-V-A-H. Tikva means hope. And in order to talk about tikva today, we're going to listen to the prophet Jeremiah. Here's what you need to know about this passage. There was a time when the Babylonians overran the city that Israel inhabited, all of their land. And instead of killing all the Israelites, they sent them away. They knew that if they let them stay there all together, that they would come, become more and more powerful. So they sent them to distant lands. And so the people of Israel find themselves living in strange countries around people who have customs that they don't understand. And so into that, the exile, into that, the prophet Jeremiah has a word from God for the people. Jeremiah 29, 4 through 14. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's seventy years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely... I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with your whole heart. I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, long ago you spoke to your people through the prophet Jeremiah. There are so many different ways that you speak to the faithful Lord, and our prayer is only that you would speak and that we would hear. We pray for your word to come to us this day. Amen. So if you are studying the biblical languages, Hebrew and Greek, they are what are called dead languages. They're languages that aren't spoken today exactly the way they were back then. 
So it can be hard sometimes to figure out meanings. It takes a whole lot of scholarship. And one of the things that scholars often do is that they will look at a word and look at everywhere else in the text that that word has been used because that gives us an idea of what the word might mean or give us at least a fuller meaning. And when you look at the word tikva, hope, you see it in the story of Rahab. Do you remember the story of Rahab? Long ago, the Israelites were in the wilderness and the Lord God was going to deliver them into the promised land. But there was one problem. The promised land was inhabited. So they were going to have to fight in order to make that land theirs. And so the tribe of Israel, they decide that they're going to send some spies into the city in order to see what they're up against. And so at one point, they send three spies into the city. And while they are there, word gets out that there are spies in the city. And there's a woman there whose name is Rahab. And Rahab is described in some text as a prostitute. Either way, she was a woman who was on the very bottom of society. She didn't have a lot going for her. But what she did know was that the Lord God believed the Israelites should be in the city. She believed in God. And so when she saw the spies, she said to them, come inside my house and I will hide you. And she does. And there comes a time where they need to get out of the city to go back and report back. And Rahab says to them, I will let you down the city wall with this red rope or cord. And she says, but I ask one thing of you. When you come back to take the city, spare me and my family. And the spies say to her, the same rope that you are lowering us down to, hang it outside of your window, and when we come back, we will not harm you or your family. And they don't. And I don't know if you remember, but Rahab is mentioned in Matthew in the lineage of who brought Jesus into the world. So here's what's interesting. That word for rope or cord, that word is tikva. And it makes sense in the story of Rahab, yes, because her greatest hope was in that rope, that they would see it when they came back and that they would spare her and her family. The rope is hope for Rahab. But it might help to look at some other things when you're studying these ancient words. And one of the things you can do is look at root words. And tikva, tikva has the same root word from which you get both the rope and hope. And that root word means to be bound together. A rope is bound together, yes. It's a lot of separate strands that are bound together so that it's stronger together. And in the same way, Hope from the Lord God is that we are so bound to God that even in the darkest times, even in our exile, we have hope. And that's not because of who you and I are. It's because of who the Lord God is. Tikva is that God has so bound himself to, himself to humanity that when humanity finds themselves far from God, when humanity finds themselves struggling and afraid, the Lord God promises to be there to extend them a rope of hope. And here's what I love about tikva in the Hebrew, is that hope isn't a feeling, 
It's not a wish. It is an expectation. When the Lord God says you may have hope, that means that you may expect that the Lord God is there with you, that the Lord God cares about you, and that the Lord God can bring light even out of darkness. So we have this hope, the hope that is offered to us each, the rope that the Lord God gives to us over and over. So when we come to Jeremiah, when there is this whole group of people who are so afraid, Jeremiah gives them this image. The Lord God has, has given you hope, has given you this rope. And even though you do not know what is going to happen, and even though you are afraid you will never see home again, expect goodness from the Lord God. Expect that there will be a time when you will be home again. Now, I think it is important that as Christians we realize we are people of hope. We are people who believe strongly, even when we don't feel like it. We believe strongly that God is present, that God cares, and that God can bring light out of darkness. But I'm also interested in the calling that the church has to offer hope to others. The church is also supposed to be a rope. We're supposed to be a lot of individual strands that are bound up together, that offers hope to a hurting world, offers hope to each other. That's what churches are in the business of. And so your challenge is to think, what strand of the rope am I? And friends, that's all that stewardship is. It is a chance to say, what tiny part of that rope am I going to be to offer hope to the world? You are a strand of the rope of hope every time you sit in the nursery and you take care of the little ones. I don't care if it's one Sunday or every Sunday. You are a part of the rope of hope that we offer to the world. Every time you come in this place and you recognize that in this sanctuary, the presence of God has been for hundreds of years when you come into this place and you know how important it is and you work to preserve it, you are one strand in the rope that is bound together and that will be hope. And you're not going to believe this, but every time you sit in a committee meeting that you think is boring and or useless, you're still being a strand of the rope of hope because that's a part of our polity and it has to be done. My question to you is, what strand are you? Where is the place that you give of yourself? Resources are hugely important. You and I both know that you can't keep a church open with no money. But more than that, figuring out what strand of the rope you're going to be is probably even more important. We have to make our rope strong so that the world outside can see what the love of God can do. The current bishop of the Episcopal Church is the Reverend Michael Curry, and he tells this story of his parents when they were very young. They were just engaged. And they had grown up in the South, but they had moved to the Chicago area so that he could attend a Baptist seminary. But she had grown up Episcopalian. And so one Sunday, they decide to go to an Episcopal church. 
And they walk in and immediately they notice that they are the only black people in the room. It is a congregation of white people in them and still yet they are welcomed. They are invited in. But then for Michael's dad, the most extraordinary thing happens, which is they have communion. And in the Episcopal Church, especially at that time, you shared the common cup. You know what I mean, yes? They have the chalice, the cup of salvation, and people would come and they would take a piece of bread and then they would take a drink from the cup. And then the next person would come along and take a drink from the cup. And so Michael Curry's dad thought, well, this is where we're going to see where the rubber meets the road. And he gets in line behind his wife and she comes and she takes the bread and she takes the cup and he does the same. And the white people behind them also drank from the cup. Do you see how significant that is in 1940? When they can't even share a water fountain in most places where everything was segregated. To be in a church where someone would share the cup with them despite their differences, that's a rope of hope. That allows them to get up the next day and love people and fight for justice and become fully who they are supposed to be. You and I, you and I don't have those big issues right now, thanks be to God. <laughs> but what we do have is a church that needs to be strong so that when the hard times come, we have a witness to the world. We have to build our rope. For 200 years, people have been weaving together the rope here at, the rope here at First Church Huntsville, right? 200 years. So now it's time to pick up our strands and figure out what they're going to be. Just as God binds God's self to us out of love, we have to figure out our role and bind ourselves together so that we can be the face of hope in a hurting world. Thanks be to God for a God that never gives up on us and for ropes when we need them. Amen.